to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. It is certainly proving to be a fantastic week here at our coaching organization. A lot of new agents are joining our company, not necessarily new to real estate, but a lot of them are new to us. And what's really fun is a lot of you guys um, know us when you join the coaching program. All of our coaches are saying that a lot of the new students are coming to us actually knowing the vernacular, knowing the parlance, knowing what we mean when we say PLP or knowing what we mean when we say spokes in the wheel. In other words, a lot of the longtime listeners on the radio show are becoming coaching clients. And you know what? That's fun because you guys are realizing that you are already part of the community and you're taking your, our, our relationship to the next level and you're becoming a coaching client. That's exciting for us. So yesterday we were talking about um, lead generation. We were talking about basically really focusing on what probably is the best buyer lead but also seller lead generation tool out there. And today what Julie and I are going to do is we're going to deep dive into um, scripts. We're going to deep dive into techniques. We're really going to help you understand sort of the secret sauce behind not wasting your time with unmotivated, unqualified leads. We're going to show you exactly how to drill down quickly, why am I saying that, quickly and effortlessly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know either. You are patch-pointing yourself. That's what I'm doing, right? I'm combining words. Hey, you don't don't know, quickly could be a word in like 10 years. I'm I'm laying claim to that word if that happens. That's right. (laughs) So in any event, um, Julie, Excited to get yes. back to the topic today, but anything interesting stories from any of our coaches that you'd like to share from any of their coaching clients across the country? Oh, goodness. Everybody is just so busy, and I think that the theme is are you busy or are you profitable? Are you busy mm. or are you effective? Are you just busy because you're inefficient, or are you making money being busy? So it's an interesting little mindset check. And I think that I know that many of our coaching clients are going through some serious uh, systematization of their business, and that actually ties right into today's call because we are talking about scripts and pre-qualifying and asking good questions so that you can manage your time better. You know, let's say you've already got eight deals pending. Okay, so with eight deals times on average about 40 people involved on every transaction. Everyone has inspections and appraisals and title work and mortgages and all that kind of stuff. You're going to have to be a little bit more careful about your next appointment, making sure that that's somebody that you should be meeting with. So it's interesting that most agents don't actually tackle that issue until they have to. So that's why you have Coach to help you navigate through those things and make the learning curve a bit shorter and less painful. So that's what I'm hearing a lot of. Well, Which is so a nice problem to have. I think, you know, as you would say, first world problems. You're so busy and making tons of money that you now have to be careful. <laughs> so we're so. firm believers that success is 90% mindset and 10% skill set, right? And a lot of you, a lot of the new coaching clients who are attracting are already coming to us successful by all normal measures. They're already successful. Uh, some of them are selling hundreds, 200, 300 houses, but they've plateaued. They've reached a point where they've accomplished a lot of their financial goals and they're becoming complacent. Um, And you know that's especially exciting because oftentimes where you go to the next level, how you go to the next level, 
is refining the skill set that maybe you've taken for granted. So maybe you assume you're a really you know, ninja-style uh, pre-qualifier, or you're really good at the listing presentation, or you're really good at whatever you're really good at. And then you realize that you're only average, and if you were just to improve your skill set across the board by 10%, what then happens is you're able to get something like another 50% benefit. So those of you who are already successful and you listen to us on a daily basis, maybe you're the best in your office, the best in your city, and you're saying, okay, Tim and Julie, what is it that I have to do to go to the next level? I want to be a multimillionaire. I want to create passive income. I want to be boom, 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 boom. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to go back and we're going to make sure that all your skill sets are operating at peak efficiency. And then the next thing we're going to do is we're going to make sure if you have staff that they're operating at peak efficiency because there's no sense in trying to scale or trying to continue to build a business that's not built on best practices. So if you go back and if you're willing to say, okay, I'm, I know I'm good at a listing presentation, but I want to be the best. I, I'm, I'm usually getting 7 out of 10, but I want to get 10 out of 10. What is it going to take? All, in almost every case, it's just small, subtle changes to what you're doing. And it could just be small, subtle changes in literally the most um, I mean, obvious of ways. Sometimes it's how you dress. Sometimes it's how you present mm -hmm. yourself. Maybe you're used to showing up a little bit late or whatever, whatever. I mean, there's these tiny little tweaks, whereas others of you – who are really just getting started in real estate or really finally taking your real estate career seriously, which is probably a majority of you, if you learn it right the first time, if you learn to do everything right the first time, you will uh, achieve success so much faster than if you try to figure it out along the way. A lot of you guys have become moderately successful in your markets by sort of piecing things together, kind of a patchwork quilt mm -hmm of things you've picked up here and there. You read this online, you went to this seminar, whatever, whatever. So you've stemmed things together. Uh, but again, you reach this threshold where, for some reason, you don't seem to go to the next level. Maybe it's in terms of units, maybe in terms of net income, maybe it's in terms of net worth. So you're, you've plateaued. That's where a coach comes in, because we're going to deep dive into you, whatever you're doing, and we're going to challenge everything that you're doing um, so that we can look for ways to bring more efficiency to your business. One of the best ways to do that is really challenging what you're paying for in terms of buying leads and also then really challenging your mindset about uh, lead conversion, not just buyer or seller leads, but I mean just leads in general. So, Julie, the next topic we have to present to these guys, carrying over from yesterday, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yes, so we've been talking specifically about 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE, which is one of the probably the least expensive way to generate both buyer and listing leads. And not just you know tons of random leads, but these are really great quality closable leads. So let's jump back in. And again, if you missed the first part of this, listen to yesterday's call. You can go to realestatecoachingradio.com. If you're one of our existing clients, you can get that off of your normal website. So get caught up, and then we're going to jump right in here. So what is the goal when you are either receiving a hot lead, which would be a zero transfer, somebody has listened to your recording and then said, press zero to speak with a live agent, or if you are calling that person back. So it's either a live call or an immediate call back. Remember yesterday we talked about urgency. Either one, we have six succinct, very clear goals with what you're trying to do when you talk to that person. And then we'll talk about how to work those six points into the script so that you're doing it eloquently. So point number one, determine whether the – I already put it in here – the seller has a home to sell. I already think of most buyer leads as potentially sellers, so that's kind of a quasi-typo, but not really. 
It may sound like a buyer lead, but find out if they have a home to sell. So we have a simple script for that. Point number two, determine whether they have been to a lender if they are selling and then buying. So it's their financial situation. Number three, I think is probably the most important thing, determine what their motivation is. Number four, determine whether they're working with another that should say agent. I'm going to have to modify this a little bit. Determine whether they're already working with another agent. We have a script for that. And number five, ask questions. So you're not there to dictate and talk all about the house necessarily. You're there to ask questions and to determine whether this is someone that you would like to work with that is appropriate for you to be helping, who is motivated and qualified enough to get to your time. So point number six, when they respond, you've always got to repeat and affirm what they're telling you. This tells them that you're listening and that you actually care what they have to say. Many of our coaching clients, Tim, report back when they actually secure listings and buyers that that client who used to be a prospect, their comment is, quote, you are the only one who listened to what was important to us. So that is a big part of this, especially as you learn scripts. So Tim, we're going to jump into the uh, scripts here in a second. But I just wanted to take a mindset check on that because when you learn scripts, it's normal to go through a process of learning the sentences, starting to use them, getting more comfortable. But one of the things that happens is, especially when you're fresh to it, you are so focused on what you're saying versus listening to what they say. So there's two parts of that. So let's jump into the hot lead or zero transfer call. So you're going to know when it's a zero transfer call because your phone will ring. It will indicate what property they are calling on. So you're going to answer your phone and let's jump in. Number one, hello, this is Bill. Which home are you calling about? The caller will say, I'm calling about 123 Elm Street. Now, you already know that they're calling on that, but you're starting to jump into the conversation. I'm calling about 123 Elm Street, what's the price? Okay, so your response is, that's a great house. Everyone's calling on that. This is Bill Smith with whom am I speaking? Well, this is Mr. or Mrs. Byer. Nice to meet you, Mrs. Byer. What questions do you have for me? What's the price? They almost always are going to ask the price because we've set up that it's mid-600s, right? Okay, Remember, so great guys, question. But, but, Go ahead. Shall we pause for a second? Remember, guys, these yep. are the zero transfers. We talked about that yesterday. So when someone calls your agent, Your hottest number, leads. Your hottest leads, right? You're, you've prompted them to call the, uh, to press zero to transfer. So when they transfer to you, you're going to know that it's a transfer from your 800 home hotline system because the system will notify you, so you know that's a hot lead. Remember your goal whenever you're talking to a buyer is find out if they're a seller as well because depending on your price range or maybe even any price range, we guess based on past experience that as many in some markets as 50% of all your buyer leads are also sellers. In some markets where it's going to be an entry-level price that's relatively low, then you're looking at probably 20 or 30%. So go ahead, Jules. Okay, perfect. So they're almost always going to be calling on price. And the number one mistake that's made is that agents will just say what the price is. And then right. if it's not the price the buyer has in mind, what happens? Thanks, not for me, buy. It's a lost lead. And this is also the same thing that causes agents to believe that this type of call is not worth calling back or it's not worth sign calls. It's not worth doing this. Okay? It's not an issue with the caller or the system. It's a script issue. Do not give them the price before you ask them good questions. So that brings us to the next script point. Great question. Let me look that up real quick on the computer. It's just going to take a second or two. By the way, which home in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? So Tim, hang on a second here. This is a buyer call. 
they're calling about a price on a house. Why am I asking them this? Well, so guys, that's the most important question. So just pay attention to the uh, conversation pattern that Julie's creating for you. So this is when they zero transfer. You know, it's basically you're getting the conversation started. Remember what she said. They're going to want to just know the price because you've only given them a price range in the ad. Now, in some cases, you don't even want to put a price. Uh, we always suggest putting a price range, but some of you, if it's a super hot listing, um, don't put a price. Make them, you know, essentially really raise their hand. And then when you call those guys back, um, remember, don't give them the information ahead of time. And we're going to get into a, a deeper script here in a second. But this is just specifically for the zero transfers. And always say, by the way, which house in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? Do that as like the first three or four uh, questions that you ask them. Don't just hide your intention of finding out if they're a seller uh, you know, five minutes into the conversation after you've given them all the information that they're calling about because then you're not going to get a buyer lead or you're not going to get yeah, a seller. You can't even get gonna... that far with them. Right, exactly. As soon as you give them everything they want, most of them are going to leave. They're going to say, okay, goodbye. And they'll just sometimes just hang up on you. So by kind of stringing them out a little bit to find out if they have a property to sell. And here's the other thing that's magical about asking that question when we ask you to ask it, is they're not anticipating it. So if you say, by the way, which house in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? And you ask that towards the beginning of the initial conversation, they won't be prepared for that question at that time. And you will be stunned and amazed when you hear this reaction. It'll typically be, Nothing, because they're going to try to think yeah. what to say. So there's going to be a pause there, and then you're going to see, because they weren't anticipating that question, they weren't prepared for it, they're actually going to tell you the truth. <laughs> okay, so that's, you know? that's what uh, our friend Howard Brinton would call a pearl right there, okay, because let's look at what you just said. A lot of agents are saying, well, I always ask, do you have to sell before you can buy, or do you have a home to sell? It's easy for them to dodge that question, because remember, they don't know you that well yet, it's not that they're necessarily intentionally lying to you, but it's easy to say no because you're asking a yes or no question versus asking it the way we teach you, which is which home in the area do you plan on selling? That's not a yes or no question, and that's why it works so much more brilliantly than just asking something that's too direct, do you have a home to sell, do you have to sell before you buy? So simply ask the question, by the way, which home in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? you'll get a way faster, more honest answer to that. And wouldn't you like to know if there's potentially two sides of the transaction to the person that you're talking to? So the secret to this, remember, a minimum of 30% of the people calling into your 800 home hotline system will have homes to sell. So it's kind of like, I call it a listing lead in buyer clothing, if you will. It sounds like a buyer lead, but you've got to recognize that a lot of them are actually both buyer and listing leads. So. Now, if the caller has no home to sell, we're going to proceed as if they do not, and then we'll talk about if they do. And by the way, on 1-800-HOMEHOTLINE.COM, these scripts are included. So if you're furiously writing right now, I want you to just pay attention and absorb the script because you know, it's $37 a month and you get scripts, so they're already right there for you. Okay, so let's say, Tim, that the caller has no home to sell, um, and then we'll talk about if they do later. Okay, so let's say they're either renting or they're moving in from out of state. They don't have something to sell. Okay, note to self, if they're moving from out of state, ask if they already have an agent to list their home there. If they're already in contract, you might get a referral fee out of here. So again, ask good questions. All right, then your response is, okay, perfect. You're moving into our area. You're going to love it here. Ideally, how soon do you want to be in your next home? So that's a motivation and time frame question. 
All right, great. 30 to 60 days. Gosh, that's perfect. How long have you been looking for your next home? Also digging deeper, have they been talking to other agents? What's their deal? Okay, perfect. So you've been looking for a few weeks. Uh, which homes have you seen that you've liked while you've been looking? Okay, so another great question. Are clients who use this script are the same clients who report back that when they simply ask which homes you've already seen that you've liked, sometimes they sell something they've never had to show because whoever, however the person was saying it, nobody ever closed them on what they love. Nobody asked them to buy it. So that's possible. That does happen. Okay, so let's say they've been looking. Okay, good for you. What is it about the homes that you did like? Getting some criteria out of them. And did you make an offer on any of those homes? No. Okay, really, what stopped you from making an offer? Okay, so you're going to listen to what they say. Maybe they've been calling listing agents, going to open houses, who knows. Maybe they are just wandering around, nobody has taken control of them. Okay, so perfect. Would you like to see any of those homes that you've previously seen while I show you this one? Okay, great. I'm going to set that up for you. By the way, I assume because you're calling me directly that you're not already working with another agent. So Tim, that's also a pearl. I assume because you're calling me directly. Actually, oh, you're not already great. working I mean, with an agent? Go ahead. Yeah, we, the, the, couple, the last couple of lines that you asked are so incredibly important. I, I can actually remember mm -hmm. when you and I sold real estate, when mm -hmm. we would ask the question, you know, when you get a buyer call, so have you seen any houses that you've, you know, that you've liked? And then they'd say yes. And they almost always, if they've been looking for a while, they maybe have seen something. And then, you've asked, then you ask the next question, well, you know, did you make an offer on it? And they'll say no. And would you like to? And they'll say yes. And then basically you'll sell them a house that they walk through during an open house or whatever, and the agent that was there just sat there on the computer the whole time and didn't actually try to chase that buyer down, where well, the reality of it was Crazy. that buyer wanted to buy the house. I mean, that will happen not that frequently, but when it does, don't feel guilty about how easy it was. Just be thankful that you took Thank the time to learn yes. the script. It's and my so the pleasure next to help line, you. <laughs> right, exactly. The next line that Julie said was really important too, um, I assume because you're calling me directly that you're not working with another realtor versus what you guys mostly say is are you working with a realtor? Again, you're giving it a yes or no question, whereas what we're doing by phrasing the question that way is we're making it so they're going to give you the truthful answer, which by the way, for the most part, is going to be no, they're not working with another agent. How do we know that? Because they are calling your 800 home hotline number. And we know that the nature of how buyers buy is they always start their search nowadays on the Internet used to be magazines and newspapers, but now it's the Internet. And then what happens is after they drill down on a particular city, then maybe a community, then a neighborhood, then maybe a handful of streets, then they start driving those areas. You've seen these buyers out there at open houses. You know who these guys are. Maybe sometimes you're seeing the same buyers weekend after weekend if you're doing opens. So then what happens is they'll choose the agent they're going to work with. Now, agents think that because they put them in some sort of long-term lead follow-up system back when they're at the very top of the funnel, that a good percent of those buyers will shake out and be actual buyers for them. And yes, that does happen. But where the best buyers are always going to be, the best buyers in that they are not committed to an agent are going to be the ones that are driving neighborhoods, calling off your signs. Those are the guys that are actually focused and serious, and that's the reason you ask these questions. So what they'll say sometimes when you say, by the way, I assume because you're calling me directly, you're not working with another agent, sometimes they'll say, well, I sort of am. You know, I'm getting emails from so-and-so, or I saw a couple houses a couple months back with so-and-so. You're going to hear that type of thing, and 90% uh, of you, when you hear that, are going to just basically use that as your excuse to, okay, goodbye. Mm -hmm. 
what you need to do is you need to ask a follow-up question. You need to say, well, so are you committed to that agent? No, they never called me back. Or are you going to be working with that agent right. when you purchase the home? No, we didn't like them. Or no, they moved. Or no, they're no longer in the business. Or they're clear on the other side of town and they don't work in this area or whatever, whatever. So you guys got to really drill down. And remember, most of these, depending on your price range, a lot of these guys, up to 50%, are going to have houses to sell. Just so you're clear on that, because that's like the 10th time I've mentioned that, if you're, uh, you have an 800-home hotline sign writer on a move-up house, so let's say, for example, like when Julie and I sold real estate, your first-time home buyer house would be, say, up to 200000 and your move-up house would, say, be up to four fifty. okay? And then, you know, there's typically maybe two or three transactions after that. But if you've got a sign writer on a uh, move-up house or any of the subsequent houses after that, price range-wise, then you're going to be looking um, at folks that not only are buyers but have houses to sell. Now, if you have an, have an 800 home writer on uh, sign writer on a, a first-time buyer home, you're not going to you're going to get probably easier transactions because they're going to be wanting to buy something in the next 30 days. They're not going to have houses to sell. So just be thinking this through that uh, logically, if you're going to want to get the most bang for your buck, you want to you know you're not going to say no to any opportunity. But the reality of it is, is you're going to get a lot more mileage out of going after the move up type price ranges, right? Makes sense. All right, Julie, what's the next line? Okay, perfect. So, Mr. Buyer, let me ask you, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, if I were to show you a home that met all of your needs and all the numbers worked for you, how high would you rate your motivation to buy that home today? Mm, Typically, you'll hear probably a 7. A 7, terrific, Mr. Buyer. Gosh, what would it take to get you to a 10? And they'll usually say something like, well, if the home was a good deal and it had this and it had that. Sometimes they'll say, well, we're not sure we actually have to relocate to Atlanta. They're waiting on some specific condition. Sometimes they will say to you, we're not sure what we qualify for just yet, so we'd have to both meet our needs and be in our price range, and we'd have to have our financing done. So this is actually a really critical question. I love doing it on a scale of 1 to 10, Tim, because it's so much easier to say that and then let them tell you what the conditions are versus saying, How's your financing going? What's your time frame going to be? What neighborhoods? All of these different things. Like, What would it take for it to be the perfect house? Just say, assuming that I show you something that meets your criteria, 10 being the highest, how would you rate yourself? Well, I'd only be an 8. What would it take for you to be a 10? And then they'll tell you exactly where they're at. It's just right. a more succinct way of getting there. I have to get my financing. I have to sell my house. Oh, listing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, <laughs> There's so many things exactly. that you'll get. Well, I have, you know, whatever, whatever. I have to make sure I get my job. I want to make sure, you know, after my wife has her baby or, you know, those types of things. Well, and you so do get random weird things too. Like I remember we were starting to use this and, and it was a first-time buyer and he said, uh, what was it? He said he had to sell his mom's piano for his down payment. Well, yeah, well, well, we had a weirder one. that's kind of than, far out there. <laughs> we had a weirder one oh, than the that, rugs? if you remember. Yeah, the rugs. And this is when Julie and I were first year in the business. This was like forever ago, a couple decades and one of the first buyers that we worked with, this is before we knew how to do anything. This is actually <laughs> bad experiences motivated us to learn our craft. <laughs> so we uh, were working Primitive with this coaching guy. back then. That's right. There was no coaching back then. So, you know, we showed him these properties and put him in contract. And, you know, the lender said he was good to go. We trusted the lender. We trusted him. We trusted the whole process. And then we get this call at the last minute said, uh, Tim, this is the lender, right? Tim, this guy can't buy. He, his, his down payment was coming from the sale of Persian rugs in Iran. <laughs> I know, it was crazy, right? So unless he sells us rugs in, in Iran, he's not going to have any down payment money. It's like, really? This is when we're finding uh-huh. out about all this? 
Yeah, but yeah. you have to ask questions like that. Yeah, so I mean, this we joke about this, but a lot of the scripts that we teach you are the results of learning the hard way. So don't learn the hard way. Use scripts. Yeah. Okay, so uh, now if they say, well, it's got to be a good deal, this is another sort of uh, trap answer that especially those of you working in tight markets with low inventory and multiple offers, when you have a buyer tell you they want to get a good deal and you know that there's not a lot of, quote, good deals to be had, a lot of times you guys will drop that opportunity because you don't think that you're going to meet eye to eye. You have to ask, when somebody says, I want to get a good deal, well, that makes sense, Mr. Buyer. What does a good deal mean to you? Okay. Does it mean move-in condition where you don't have to do any work or rehab and it's got a modern kitchen? Okay. Or does it mean that they have to get a 50% discount in a market that's selling for 105% of list price? Which is it? And there's a lot of different iterations in between. So very so important point, scripting point. Yeah. The point, the point is, is that every buyer is going to say, I want a good deal. You, agents listening, are going to say, I want a good deal. For you, probably most of you, a good deal means price because you're kind of of that mindset. But for a vast majority of all consumers out there, a good deal doesn't mean price. And that's the mindset shift that a lot of you guys have to be embracing. So they'll all say a good deal. You're all of a sudden going to have this mental issue of some you know, buyer that's trying to lowball and everything. We've all had those experiences before, which by the way, is in most cases, when you have buyers like that, it's because when you are pre-qualifying them, you set the expectation that you guys are going to be lowballing on things. And you may have said, I'm a negotiator and I like to lowball and whatever, whatever. And that's the reason that buyer chose you to work with because you set the expectation that wasn't realistic um, based on the mar actual market, right? I mean, if we're being honest, yeah. that happens a lot. Over-promising so that you'll then right. under-deliver. Not cool. So, I'm, so Julie, I'm looking for a good deal. And Julie's going to say, well, what does a good deal mean to you? That's the most important part. And then you're going to hear a good deal means it's in moving condition. A good deal means it's close to work. A good deal mean, means that I can be in before kids go back to school. A good mean, you know, whatever. Well, uh, a I good deal may point. mean that you are the one who actually gets to buy the house versus Yeah, the house. right? <laughs> in a lot of markets. <laughs> so you know, that's the important thing. Now, they, they, mu they might say price, but for the most part, believe it or not, a good deal is not automatically priced in most consumers' minds. So erase that from your mind. Now, if you get somebody who is 100% drilled down on price, in many cases, you need to really start focusing in on why that is the most important thing to them. Why is it that they feel like they have to get it over on the seller? Why is it that they da-da-da-da-da? And then maybe you don't work with that person because they're never going to buy anything because in most markets right now, the sellers are in control and probably will be for some time. Next point, Jules. Okay, perfect. So you nail that down, and then the next question is about financing. Another interesting twist of scripts here. Okay, great. That's what you're looking for. You've defined a deal, what have you. Great. Who is the lender you're working with? Not, do you have your financing? They don't or, really know yeah. what that means anyway. So right. who is the lender you're working with? Well, I'm working with ABC Home Loans. ABC, gosh, we work with them a lot of times. Uh, which loan officer are you working with? I'm working with Lewis Lender. Oh, great, Lou. He's a great lender. He's going to do a fantastic job for you. And what price range did Lou approve you for? Not are you pre-approved, are you pre-qualified, you know, any of this stuff. We're being assumptive. What price range did Lou approve you for? Or you might say, what price did Lou tell you not to go over? Now, here's a secret. By asking who they're working with and what price they have been told not to go over, 
you're cutting to the chase, getting rid of all these other questions like, who are you working with? Do you like the loan? Where are you at in the process? What's going on? They're going to tell you right then and there, I haven't really been hooked up with a lender yet, in which case you can refer them to somebody. You're being assumptive by saying, who are you working with and what have they told you not to go over? If they don't have a number that they've been told, you're going to find out they're not pre-approved yet. So these two questions, who you're working with and what price have they told you not to go over, kind of fast forward that whole financial conversation so that you don't have to play 20 questions with them. We're already doing a killer job pre-qualifying. We don't have to overdo it with ramp-up questions. We're just saying, what price did they tell you not to go over? Does that make sense, Tom? And a lot of you guys make the assumption when, those, when the buyer will say, well, I got pre-approved from Quicken Loans or whatever online, yeah. that has less than no value. It has absolutely no value. By the way, again, another mistake a lot of folks make is believing that a pre-qualification and a pre-approval have any value. Those terms have no legal meaning. They have no value whatsoever. What you need to do when you find a buyer, uh, again, maybe it's even a buyer that has to, uh, that has to sell a house, is get the lender's information, assuming they have one, and call the lender. And then don't be uh, fooled into believing that the terms pre-qualified and pre-approval mean anything. They do not. The question you need to ask is, is the buyer's loan complete contingent on basically the appraisal of the subject house? That's it. They have to have checked the three, you know, done a three-merge credit report, verified the assets to close, verified the employment, verified all the other little Mickey Mouse things that are necessary to get a mortgage, and then they're approved. They'll, when you get a lender's letter, the only subject to, you know, they'll, you'll read, congratulations, so-and-so is approved for so-and-so, so-and-so. And then on the second paragraph, or, you know, hidden somewhere, is the little language says, subject to appraisal of property. All right, that's fine. Okay, that's good. But if it says subject to verification of, then you got problems. Verification of assets to close, verification of employment. There's so many little nuances to mortgages nowadays that um, when you're dealing with a lender, what a lot of these lenders will do is they're not going to spend a lot of time on the buyer's uh, file until the buyer's actually in contract. And that's how these lenders are trained. So the lenders will give them some cursory approval based on checking one credit score and then the buyer is going to be off to the races. The reality of it is, is that has no value. You're going to waste your time. You're going to take them out there, show them a million houses, and then you're going to find out after you have them in contract that they actually can't buy you know, anything. So when you get a buyer, and especially if they have a house to sell, call that lender and find out what the actual nature of their loan is. Don't believe – it's not that the buyer is lying to you guys – it's just that the buyer doesn't know the difference between pre-approval and pre-qualification because they're not real terms. They're just made-up industry terms. You know, it's like you know, when used cars became uh, – they're no longer used cars. They're pre-owned. Or in all pre-owned. These, it, 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 yeah. It's just a term. That's all it is. So don't be fooled by that. Jules, we don't have time to get through, uh, through the rest of our notes. Yes, we'll have uh, to continue. This is important stuff, though, so I'm glad we're taking some time on it. Yeah, well, it's practical, and those are my favorite radio shows, and I know they're the favorite radio shows of a lot of our listeners. So, guys, listen, um, let's do this. Uh, you need help? You need extra help? I want you to go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. A lot of you have been emailing uh, us in our office directly asking where to buy Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate because it was for sale on Amazon, and now it's out of print. Well, it's out of print because we give it away for free, so if you want a free copy of Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, it's an updated ver- uh, uh, version of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill specifically for real estate, or a free copy of Real Estate Treasure Map, our other great book, 
and which is, is for sale on Amazon. If you want to buy it, that's great, but I'll give it to you for free. All you've got to do is request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And guess what? You'll get the free books, and you'll also have a free coaching call with one of our great coaches. And the coaching call is not a fluff call. Make sure you set aside 30 to 90 minutes, and they're going to walk through all your numbers with you. You're going to essentially have a really uh, real look into what you are doing, what you need to do to accomplish your goals. And maybe if you don't have goals, they're going to talk with you about what needs to happen to have that happen as well. If there's anything we can ever do for you guys, remember, free coaching calls for agents.com. A lot of interest in our student loan program. You can find out more about that by going to timandjulieharris.com. Or, of course, the information is also available uh, when you have your free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So we're going to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow. So make sure you tune in. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.